You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Hey, what's going on, Discovery? Welcome to Church at Home. So glad that you're hanging out with us this morning. If I have not yet had the opportunity to meet you, my name's John. I get this amazing opportunity to lead this community that we call Discovery. And I wanna give a special shout out to two different groups. The first group is those of you that are part of a watch party this morning. Let me hear it, hey, watch parties. So glad that you're doing this. Uh, We wanted to get together in safe, small groups um, and, and to, to be able to, to still have community on a Sunday morning while we can't uh, meet together yet in, in, this, in our building. And so shout out to all of you that are part of the launch parties in Santa Rosa, Petaluma, Roner Park. Y'all are amazing. Now, hey, if you're watching this by yourself and you're like, I didn't know about watch parties, check this out. There's going to be a number that pops up right now. Text this number and, uh, and and it'll send a link for you to sign up for next week. We're As of right now, we're doing watch parties the last three weeks of July. And so after this week, there's going to be two more. And so we want you to get involved. So go ahead, text that number and, and fill out the form and we'll contact you, let you know uh, what group to jump in. Also, I wanted to do one one other special shout out to uh, all of the small group leaders. Our small group semester is ending, but there are a few groups that that are year round. And there's one group in particular that I want to give a shout out to. It's our unsheltered outreach small group. And so this small group is dedicated and catered to feeding the homeless in our community. Now, I met with one of the leaders, Janelle, a couple weeks back, and just to hear the stories of of life change and and how they're making a difference throughout the streets of Rona Park. And I asked Janelle, I said, hey, how can the church help out? How can the church engage in this group that you're leading? And she said, hey, we can use more volunteers. And so uh, they they can use volunteers for, uh, to, to help cook meals, and as well as volunteers to help distribute uh, the food. And so, hey, if you have a gift of cooking, first off, invite your boy over, hello. Uh, But second of all, uh, we'd love for you to use your gifts of cooking, of culinary, is that what it's called? I don't know. But we'd love for you to use your gifts uh, to be able to help feed the homeless people in our city. And so if that's you, we want you to comment below, say, hey, that's me, I wanna help out, I can cook or I can help distribute food. That would be a major blessing to them. Hey, so uh, without further ado, I wanna jump into the message this morning. I'm extremely excited about this this message. For those of you that don't know, I I have a nine-year-old and recently my son, he just just finished jujitsu. Now, uh, my, my son, he doesn't have an angry bone in his body. He's not violent by nature. And so we're like, my wife and I are like, hey, let's put him in some type of self-defense so that whenever uh, he's at school and, and someone ever picks on him, like he, he can pray for them, right? <laughs> wow, pray for them. And so um, so we signed him up for jujitsu. And uh, during this class, there, at the end of the class, there was always a sparring session. And, and, and Eli would have to go up against some other kids and, and he would get uh, his, his sparring partner in like his chokehold thing. But because my son won't even kill a bug, 
like he didn't squeeze hard. And so this kid began to realize, hey, this Eli's not going to choke me out. And so he would take advantage of that. And so I said, Eli, next time you guys spar, what I want you to do, man, is when, you, when you're about to choke him out, pretend it's like you choking out your dad. Not because he's angry at me, but because when we play around, he loves choking me out. And he's like, okay, daddy. So the very next class, here they are, they're sparring, right? And this kid, you can tell that this kid became comfortable with Eli. He became so comfortable that he, he kind of just was lackadaisical in his approach to sparring. Because he knew that once Eli started choking him, that Eli would not, would not put any pressure. So the kid would break out, flip him, and submit him. So, so here they are, Eli and this little boy. They're, 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 they're on this, this mat. And um, the, the, the instructor says, go. And they start sparring. Right? And then Eli, he gets him in this rear naked chokehold. And I'm just waiting. I'm waiting because and I'm like, see if Eli's going to do And all of a sudden, Eli was like, pop, started choking even harder. And the kid that was super comfortable, all of a sudden was like, ah. Like he, he started tapping out. And Eli looked at me and he smiled. And I smiled. And it was a happy day in the PETA household. And here's why I'm telling you this. Because I actually think that this can take place in life. This, uh, this, this idea that if you become too comfortable, it can choke you out. Here, I, I actually, if you're taking notes, here's the way that I wrote it in my, in my notes. I said that comfortability, comfortability has the potential to choke out your calling. This morning, I wanna toss around this idea that in the season that we are in, how the idea and the ability of being comfortable can actually become dangerous to our calling. Now let me stop and say this this morning. If you're brand new to Discovery, you've never been to Discovery, here's something we believe without a shadow of a doubt, that if you are here, if you are wherever you're at, if you're in your living room and you're sucking in oxygen, we believe that God created you for a purpose. I believe that God created you for a reason, a greater reason than just to kick around rocks on this earth, sucking up oxygen, waiting for whatever to take place. I believe that the moment that God spoke you into existence, he also placed a calling inside of you to make a difference in our world. But here is where the dilemma comes in is that whenever we get into moments of being comfortable with where we're at, especially now in this season of this pandemic, when we become comfortable where we're at, it's very easy to forget or it's very easy to even believe that God still called you. It's very easy to, 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 to remind yourself that you have a purpose and a calling on your life. And as long as we are uh, enamored by this moments of being comfortable, we'll be fine here. But God's called us to do something else and to help someone else. This morning, my whole thought process, my big idea is to help 
reinvigorate this idea that though you're comfortable, God still called you. In fact, we, we actually see this very principle, this very idea in a book in the Old Testament, the book of Esther. Now, this book of Esther is all about this woman named Naomi. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just seeing if you're paying attention. This, this book of Esther is actually about a woman named Esther. And Esther is the superhero of this book, of this moment. Esther, she, she, is, she is responsible for saving the Jewish people in this kingdom that they're living in. And so Esther is celebrated. We, we love Esther, but, but here's what I want to propose to you. Is that every superhero, every, every single person needs a sidekick. Every single person that's called to do something needs someone to come alongside of them to help them to stay on track, to help them when they get into ruts of comfortability, to shake them and be like, hey, don't forget. And for Esther, this person was Mordecai. Now, Mordecai and Esther, they were cousins, and you should read this story because I'm just doing cliff notes. But the story is actually very phenomenal. But, but, but it's this idea that, that Esther, she becomes queen of this empire. And she becomes queen. And, and she, she becomes, she, 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 she's able to, 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 to get the perks of the palace. Everything that, that, that comes with being a queen, she got. Right? She got her hair did, her nails done. Like, Everything that a queen, every perk of a queen, Esther got. And so that's happening to her inside the palace. We, we zoom over to camera B. And camera B is the outside of the palace. And, and on the outside of the palace, Esther's cousin Mordecai, he gets word that this one guy named Haman, he, that he is trying to exterminate the Jewish people. And so Mordecai, he gets, he gets word of this. And he, he, he tries to tell his cousin Esther, Hey, Esther, this is what's about to happen. And in this instant, Mordecai becomes the gentleman, that, the sidekick that, that's trying to wake Esther up. To say, hey, I understand that you're comfortable in the palace, but, but there's something that you need to understand. See, I love, I love this story because on the outside, from the outside looking in, Mordecai is actually annoying, right? For any one of you that are watching and you've, you've ever been on vacation or you've ever been in that place in that moment where you are just, you're trying to get some R&R, you're relaxing, and then all of a sudden someone comes along and is like, hey, I need this or do this or can you do this? Please do that. Like, you know how that is. And so on the surface, again, it seems like Mordecai could be a negative thing, but I want to propose to you this morning that every single person, every single uh, one of you that are watching, myself included, that we all need a Mordecai 
in our life. And so what I want us to do in the last uh, moments together, I want to give you three reasons why you need a Mordecai and why I need a Mordecai to shake us out of this place of comfort. And so here's the first one for those of you that are taking notes. First reason why we need a Mordecai, because Mordecai reminds you of your, of your identity. Check this out in uh, Esther chapter four, verse 13. He, he being Mordecai, sent back this answer. So he sent this an, uh, answer to Esther. He said this, uh, do not think that because you are in the king's house that you alone of all the Jews will escape. So, so uh, Esther, she's like, I don't know, like, I don't know why you're trying to get me involved in this Mordecai. And Mordecai sends a reply to her and he's like, hey, hey, Esther, don't forget who you are. Wow. He says, Esther, don't forget that you are Jewish too. Don't forget your roots. Esther, don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you were before you came into the palace. See, we all need a Mordecai in our life to be able to remind us, hey, don't forget who you were. Well, John, I don't want to remember who I am. I am bought by the blood of Jesus. I am no, hey, I understand that, praise God, right? Like, I understand that Jesus saved you. But, listen, your past, your testimony, what God brought you out of is not something for you to be condemned about. But in fact, Revelation says that the enemy was overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So what Jesus did on the cross and also by the word of your testimony. What is a testimony? It's the test that you went through. And so don't forget who you are, who you were, excuse me. Don't forget who you were. Don't forget what God called so many times I run into Christians who, who like, who, who the, the ones that are like, um, what is that outcast song? I know you like to think, yo, don't stink, but right, do you guys remember? Of course not, y'all are Christian, you, you don't remember that. But, but this idea, like, I, 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 I constantly run into to Christians who are like, who, they don't remember what God brought them out of. And when you forget what God has brought you out of, you forget that God wants to bring other people out too. And we got to get to this place where we remember. Not because we, we're, we're reminiscing and because we're, 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 like we're, we're trying to elevate and to, to idolize our past of who we are. But, but this idea that, that, we can, that we can remember the struggles that God freed you from or is freeing you from. Come on, we need Mordecai's in our life to say, hey, don't forget. Don't forget you were as jacked up as that person was back in the day, but Jesus loves you and he, and he wrapped his arms around you and he comforts you and he said, come. We need Mordecai's in our life. So the first reason is we need a Mordecai to remind us of our identity. The second thing in verse 14, for if, this is, Morde, this is Mordecai uh, speaking again. He says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. So this idea like, hey, you may be God's a choice, but you're not his only choice. Come on. He wants to use you. 
He goes on to say, but you and your father's family will perish. And watch this. I love this part. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Who knows, maybe you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Here's the second thing we need Mordecai for, is to renew your vision, to renew your vision. Mordecai is like, hey, what if, Esther, what if you were placed in the palace, not for the palace perks, but there was a greater purpose that you were placed in the palace for? See, in this moment, what Mordecai is doing is he, he's, he's creating new vision. He's refreshing, reminding the, the vision of, of Esther, this idea. He's helping to change her vision, her perspective. See, because it's very easy when we're comfortable that our comfortability becomes our top priority. And so everything I do, everything I say, everything I think becomes this, it revolves around how can I become more comfortable? How can my situations benefit me more? How can my high paying job make me richer? How, how, can, how can my health make me, make me better? And, and all of a sudden what, what happens is we, we begin to focus everything through the lens of our comfortability. And so we need a Mordecai to come and just be like, Pow! hey, what if, what if you were, what if everything that you have, every, your health, your resources, your finances, what if you have that stuff, but it's not just for you? Like, what if there's something greater? Like, what if God has given, given all this to you for, for, for a greater purpose? than just your comfortability. See, the comfort, blessing, health, safety that you're experiencing is great. But God's favor shouldn't stop at you. But God's favor should move through you. So everything that God has given you, everything that God has given me, what if it, it what if it wasn't just for my own benefit? What if everything that I have was meant to move through me? See, I need Mordecai's in my life to remind me, hey John, life's not all about you. Hey John, I know you don't want to do this. I know you don't want to do that. But life's not about, life doesn't revolve. Hey, John, like we need Mordecai's. And I know Mordecai's seem annoying, but they're necessary. So the second reason why we need a Mordecai is because Mordecai renews our vision. So here's the third and final thing. This is Esther speaking. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, nights, night or day, and my attendants will fast as you do. And watch this. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. 
And if I perish, I perish. See, Mordecai, when he got news of Haman plotting to, to exterminate the Jewish people, Mordecai went to Esther and said, Esther, you need to go tell the king about this man's evil plan. And Esther at first, because she was comfortable, she was like, I don't know, Mordecai. There's actually one part, I believe it's in chapter three, where she actually uh, initiates this idea that, hey, Mordecai, why don't you go tell him? And then all of a sudden, there's a switch that we read in, in the verse that we just read, verse 16. And here's the third thing that Mordecai does, why we need a Mordecai, is because Mordecai reignites our passion. Mordecai reignites our passion. Esther gets this epiphany. Esther gets this epiphany. There's something inside of Esther that wasn't there in chapter 3 that, that changes in verse 16 of chapter 4. There, there's a switch that goes on where she says, hey, fast for me. And after we're done fasting, I'll go to the king, even though I don't want to, even though it breaks, even though it's, it's causing me to step out of what I'm comfortable, the, the season of comfortability, I will go. And I love what she says, man. This is swagger right here. I love how she says, I'll go to the king. I'll, I'll put my request before the king. And if I perish, I perish. So the only way that you can approach the king was if he called you. And so Esther was risking everything. But all of a sudden, because of Mordecai, because Mordecai is letting her know, hey, Esther, what if you're called? What if you were placed in the palace for this season? And like all of a sudden, something reignites inside of Esther. Friends, can I propose to you this morning to in this season to push past comfortability. To push past where you're at because God is calling you. He's created you for a purpose. And that calling and that purpose, it still takes place now. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.